I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, uh, say hi to Mia Tarduno, a yoga teacher. She mentors by using tools of women's wisdom, breathwork, somatic movement, and yoga to nourish and find balance in the body. Mia believes in working with our bodies instead of against it in order to thrive and heal during times of loneliness and anxiety. She's the founder of Move, Create, Radiate, and I'm excited to have her on the show today to talk about rest, restorative yoga, and yoga for hormones. So hi, Mia. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited because I feel like rest is a very underrated topic, and we have been glamorizing um, overworking too much, you know, we wear it as a badge of honor. So I really want you to bring up rest as like the other, the badge of honor that we, you know, should attain for. So um, why do we actually need to care about rest? Yeah, so you're spot on about that, Melissa. And rest is actually really important for our bodies and our minds and our spirits. It's our way of rejuvenating. So a lot of people kind of look down on rest and think that it's maybe that we're not doing a whole lot. But rest, really when we rest our bodies, we are allowing our muscles time for recovery, allowing for memory recall, blood pressure regulation, digestive function, circulation, stress management, immune function, and fertility in our reproductive systems, along with hormonal regulation. And I know that you explore a lot in this podcast, menstrual cycle health. And so none of that's possible without actually allowing our body to rest. So actually when we're resting, a lot is happening. Right. And how I like to explain this to my students and clients is I will have them take a deep inhale and have a little hold and then take a deep exhale and hold. After this hold, we have a natural inclination to want to inhale again. Mm-hmm. And we sure hope that we can. And we never really question the fact that we're constantly inhaling and exhaling. Yet in our lives, I attune this to our inhale as being going, 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 taking things on, having a lot to do. And then we need an exhale. And we're never able to inhale at the same capacity or how much we'd like to if we don't have the time for the exhale or the rest in our lives. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Um, I love that we're actually talking about rest as my first conversation of the day because I just happened to have like some deep high quality sleep like 10 hours sleep last night I felt like my body was just craving it and I woke up today and I feel so fresh and so energized and so happy to talk to you about it and so I feel like this experience of having that good rest the night before and then waking up rejuvenated the next day is something that's a lot of people actually don't experience and it's really sad. Like even for me, right? I don't wake up like this every day either. So I like that you talked about all the benefits of rest and that's a long, long list too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's absolutely right. It happens in our sleep. It can happen throughout our month when we're working with a menstrual cycle and actually taking Mm -hmm. time during the month to rest. 
versus continuing to go, go, go. So that can happen. It's pretty neat because it can happen in a cycle of 24 hours. It can happen even in smaller cycles throughout the day, just taking time to rest and breathe if we're transitioning from work to home life. And then it can happen throughout a month and throughout a year as well, making sure that we're taking time to pause during those different transitions. It's almost like a conscious effort, I feel like, because you like you need someone there or like someone needs you to be by their side and be like, okay, it's time to rest now. It's time to breathe now. It's almost like an extra, um, it feels like people are taking extra energy to just put more rest into their day, which is crazy. Yeah, I think especially with our culture where attention can be pulled all different directions all the time. So we no longer live in a culture or society where it gets dark. (laughs) You know, we we never have to be dark. You know, it never has to be dark. We never have to be cold. We can always have our eyes and our ears on a screen with things going on. Mm -hmm. We don't really have this natural cycle. So you're exactly right that we do have to consciously think about creating those times and especially for people who are busy it sounds funny but I'll tell them as well to actually schedule in your planner if you're someone who mm-hmm. lives the day hour by hour and you need to have things kind of planned out to say like this is my 30 minutes this is my 15 minutes this is my two hours this is mm-hmm. when I turn things off at night and because it really does need to be part of our schedule so that we remember to do that what you're describing it almost seems radical to think about rest in our modern society um why do you think that is yeah i really like the term radical rest because for two reasons the one being like you talked about at the beginning that a lot of us are linking our success in our productivity to our feelings Mm -hmm. of love and belonging feeling like we're worthy and for a lot of people that's can be really difficult to take a step back and believe that we are worthy even when, and especially when we're resting. Mm. And the other reason is we were saying with the constant bombarding of information coming in, we're always all day reading things, listening to things, hearing things, and we're really called on to make really quick decisions and have an idea and opinions about everything almost at the blink of an eye. So we're starting to have this conditioning where we see something and we react. We can see that social media where it's like, okay, do I like, do I love, do I not like, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. or something comes up in the news and we hadn't heard of this before. And it may be a really big issue with a lot of levels to it. And it may be happening in a country or a culture that's very different than our own. And we're asked, well, what do you think of that? like we're supposed to know right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I believe it's really a radical thing now to say, well, I'm not sure actually right now I need to take some time to research this a bit more or to think a bit more about how I feel about this or I actually didn't know that that was happening. I need to take some more time to look into this instead of saying, well, oh, I believe this. And yes, I'm on this side, I'm on this side. Yeah, who says that now? Uh Uh-huh. I totally relate. Like when you were talking about the whole um, being very impulsive and reactive, that's actually something about me that I've observed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I say yes, even when I don't think about it. And then I I actually mean no, or I just react so fast. I don't really think about the question. 
and this came out with my husband came out with my husband a lot of times and he's like why are you saying yes when you don't actually mean yes and mm-hmm. yeah it's really part of like the whole reflex of like wanting to react or being very like impulsive yeah for a lot of us especially as women we're taught that to have an opinion is to be strong and to be independent mm-hmm. so we want to have that and so we tend to jump on things like oh, I'm intelligent, I have a standpoint on this and I will prove it this way. But then yes, if we haven't taken the time to say, ooh, this is actually how my heart or my gut or my intuition feels about this, we can get ourselves into holes with our partners or whoever we're talking to when we've driven this point forward. And then sometimes we get to a point where we're like, hmm, actually, I don't know if I believed that because I didn't feel like I had the time where it was okay. okay to say, actually, I need some more time to think about this first. Yeah, and then you get into this whole cycle of like, you feel, you feel about, you know, something about, well, you feel something, you feel something about something in one way, and then the next week you're like, no, I, I don't believe in that. And it's just very confusing. And also, I think it disconnects us from our bodies. Like you said, the whole gut and intuition thing. Um, oh, I'm very excited to talk about this. So. When we think about our daily life, how can we incorporate more rest to try to get back into our bodies? Yeah, so this will depend a little bit for everyone. So what I like to do, and if people listening right now are in a place where they can try it, I encourage people to take three really slow, deep breaths. So in through the nose and even out through the mouth, it could be a sigh. And so just taking these three breaths and then starting to notice what's happening in their body. So for me, my arms get heavy. My belly comes out a bit. I stop clenching my belly. My feet feel a bit heavier. My neck has a little less tension in it. Mm. And then I'll ask them what other things that they do bring this sensation to their body. And the reason I do it this way is because something that can be restful for someone isn't always what's restful for someone else. Mm-hmm. So an example could be painting. I have some friends and myself that really enjoy painting. Just the texture of it is really calming. To someone who may be very organized or who has a lot going on in their house, painting may sound like a disaster to them. <laughs> it may bring them a lot of stress or feelings right. of anxiety if they don't know what to do or they don't know how to get the paint or it's going to get on their kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. So some examples that I have are a creative endeavor of sorts. It could be something like painting or something different. Um, I do a lot of restorative yoga with my students and clients. Taking a bath can be another one. But again, it really depends on people and their schedules to a mom with a young kid taking a bath might sound really stressful because then they would need someone to care for their child (laughs) if they're not in the bath with them. So really um, tuning into the body, like we were saying, that body connection and getting used to, okay, this is what rest feels like. Because interestingly, for a lot of us, we don't even know. So taking those deep breaths can kind of get us into that place and then saying, okay, is there anything else in my life? Maybe it's a conversation with a good friend or maybe it's journaling or maybe meditation. What is it for you specifically that brings 
those mm-hmm. things in? And then where does it fit practically into your life? So for some of us, we don't have time for a two hour long yoga meditation session in the morning, <laughs> but maybe you have two minutes in your car after you pick up your coffee on your way to work where you can sit and breathe. And so finding a really practical and achievable way that you can fit those little bits of rest into your life. Yeah. And they're all free and very <laughs> personalized. I like how you said that. Um, when you when we did the breathing, when I was doing it with you, I tend to realize that my eyes, my eyelids like want to close. I get like a really zen feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that deep breathing really helps. Yeah. Yeah. So for something like that, now that you know that that's something that your body does when it's relaxed, you can start mm-hmm. to notice when you're going about your day and, oh, do you feel that little kind of downshift of the eyes? When else right. is that happening? So those can be little cues where we can say, oh, I'm doing this right now and my body's doing this. This could be a relaxing, resting activity for me. Yeah, totally. Um, have you heard of the book called The Healthy Deviant? Mm-mm. So uh, this author, Pila Simo, she wrote about The Healthy Deviant and how um, it's if you want to be healthy right now in, a, in our society, you have to be like a deviant. And she also talked about the whole resting thing and like, you know, taking three minutes in the morning or like taking 20 minutes after you do work every 90 minutes. Um, it kind of brings me to that too. Like she would say, you know, let your brain get rid of all the metabolic waste or whatever data that's been collected and, you know, doing whatever that doesn't require a lot of brain work. So like breathing or taking walks or whatever. It's kind of like what you were saying. Yeah, that sounds perfect. I think there are so many areas in our life of rest and nutrition and mm-hmm. just how we live our days, our weeks, our months. Yeah. That it does really take kind of going against the grain right now for a lot of us in our cultures <laughs> to feel healthy in a way that feels good to us. It almost yeah. feels like going against the grain for a lot of us. So I love restorative yoga. I actually, one of my dear friends, she's a restorative yoga too, a teacher too, and she got into like yin and gong and all that. Um, for someone who doesn't know what restorative yoga is, what is it and what kind of poses are great for like a stressed individual? Yeah, so restorative yoga is a style in which the body is supported on some type of support and every piece of the body is supported so that there is no muscular energetics. So if you're laying on your back, you would support your head, your neck, your shoulders, your lower back, your hips, the whole leg, the feet. So everything's supported so that your muscles can fully release and relax into a pose. Poses are generally held between three to 20 minutes each. And the idea is to shift the nervous system from the sympathetic nervous system, which is our kind of go, 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 flight, fight response into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest, digest, and reproduce systems. So all of those benefits of rest that we talked about at the beginning are what we can get from restorative yoga. But it takes some time, like we were talking about kind of our transition times to shift from our go, go, go energy into a state of rest. So restorative yoga can be really great for that shift. And it does take some time 
in each pose to really lay and relax. For some people, it's a little tough to let our body be fully supported. There's not often many places, maybe in bed, if we have a good mattress and pillow, but other than that, not a lot of places where our body is fully supported throughout the day. So some poses that are really helpful for feelings of stress or anxiety are getting the chin closer to the chest. So tucking the chin so that you can elongate the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it's signaling to our body that downshift. Because if we think about the opposite, which is lifting the chin, looking around us, straining, mm-hmm. looking for things, it's the opposite response. So instead, we bring the chin to the chest, look down or close the eyes. And it signals to our body that we're quite literally turning our attention inwards. Right. The other thing that can be really helpful is finding something to support the forehead. We have a nerve that goes down the middle of our forehead that activates that parasympathetic nervous system. So an example of a pose that has both of these are child's pose. So the chin's tucked towards the chest and then the forehead can be on the floor or on a pillow or a block. And for people who are working during the day, a simple version of this could be crossing the hands and then putting the forehead on the back of the palms. And you could just do this at your desk. You could do this in your car if it's parked and turned off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And something similar could be standing and then letting the knees bend and just taking a forward fold. Mm. So the belly can rest on top of the thighs, the head can dangle but it has that same sensation of we're turning inwards. I love that. Even when you're describing it, I can already feel like I'm so relaxed. Um, And I also know that restorative yoga, you use props, right? Like bolsters Mm -hmm. and stuff. I always love that part about it. Yeah, and this can happen a lot at home. You don't need a full yoga setup. Mm -hmm. When I teach classes online, we get really creative with whatever people have at home. And so if you're taking any classes online or looking up any poses, you don't have to have any of the fancy props. You can Mm -hmm. look mostly at the body shape and say, what do I have around me in my house that I could help my body get into that type of shape? Right. Nice. And uh, one of the poses that I actually really love, um, that's very accessible at home, um, is when my teacher asked me to lie on the ground and then put my legs up the wall or like on a stool. So like the blood rushes in the opposite direction. Why is that so relaxing? Mm, So legs up the wall pose is one of these like master (laughs) and the queen poses. Uh Um, And what it's doing is it's reversing the blood flow. So all day long, our body's pumping from the feet back up to the heart, back down to the feet, back up to the heart. And that's going against gravity. Yeah. So when we flip the body, it goes with gravity. And people who are in this pose very often will feel after even a couple breaths or maybe a couple minutes, a little tingling or cooling sensation in their feet. That's our body saying, ooh, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. It's flushing that back into the heart, making it easier for that to pump. So these poses are really great for exhaustion and fatigue for jet lag, 
-hmm. a really great one for hormonal balance in the menstrual cycle. If you're not bleeding during that time, you can actually put your hips up on a bolster or a couple pillows against the wall. That gives even a more tilt so that things are really flowing towards the heart. Yeah. If you're currently bleeding or pregnant, you would keep the hips on the ground. Mm -hmm. And this pose is also really great for people who have trouble sleeping. It's given to people with insomnia. Oh, so a way I really like to practice uh -huh. it is actually in bed. Yeah. So what you can do is just flip your legs up onto your headboard or your wall. Mm -hmm. Stay there for three, five, 10, 15 minutes. When you're tired enough, you just flip over and you can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Next time I have some sort of insomnia episode, I'm going to try that one out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, my legs against this. <laughs> I'm actually on my bed right now. <laughs> you can play with them with your feet. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome. So you mentioned that, you know, this one was great for like hormonal balance. What other poses are good for hormonal balance? Yeah. So... Hormonal balance can be really supported by an overall general practice. Mm -hmm. So our hormonal system works through the center of our body. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of hormone secreting glands. So a balanced practice would be one that includes forward folds, okay. back bends, twists, inversions, which are like that feet up on the wall, and then some type of relaxation and breathing practice. The most important piece of this all is that whatever practice you're doing, it's bringing rest to your body. So there are so many different styles of yoga out there. And really what we're talking about is kind of controlling the cortisol or the stress hormone in our body. So cortisol can really wreak havoc on our hormonal system. And we can combat that by doing things that are restful. Yoga can be really restful. It can also activate our nervous system. If we're thinking of those classes with the lasers and the lights, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, they can yeah. be super fun. Yeah. However, if we're working on hormonal balance, finding a way to keep that cortisol in check by making sure that your practice is relaxing. On my website, I do have some hormonal balancing classes, so that can give some type of example, but in general, having a balanced practice, so having a little bit of moving your body in every way can really help bring that system back into balance. Awesome. That sounds great. So what about the menstrual cycle? I guess that would also be counted as hormonal balance. Yeah, in different ways. So it depends on what's happening with the menstrual cycle. Okay. So having rest, normal rest in our schedules every single day, little bits of rest every month, having rest if that's during your bleed time, if you're following a moon cycle, mm -hmm. and then having rest during our year. So you could use the seasons for this or a different time when you're kind of toning down. So by following the cyclical nature, it can bring our menstrual cycle into balance. And then if there are imbalances, it depends on which type. So if we're talking about PCOS, for example, I know a lot of listeners have struggled with that. We start to look at the actual symptoms that are happening with the body. So for example, many people with PCOS will experience really heavy periods, really painful periods. 
So what we would do is do poses that open up the legs, like a wide V-sit, and then things that open up the abdomen. So like bringing the arms up while the legs are out. It's kind of these starfish-like <laughs> Right. And then for people, say, with endometriosis, who may be yeah. dealing with pain during their cycle, there are certain poses that support menstrual cramps. Some of those are opening, creating more space. Mm -hmm. Some of them are compressing, like the child's pose or these shapes that are kind of rounding the back and putting pressure on the stomach. So depending on the individual, they may have different things that bring them relief. And so yoga can really target the relief mm -hmm. so that we're getting to this place of starting to honor the menstrual cycle, which again can be really radical for people. <laughs> it can be yeah, a lot oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It can yeah. be hard to get to, especially. I'm glad you talked about the menstrual cramps because I feel like that one, a lot of people deal with that and also like the mood swings. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, yeah, like mood swings, I would guess, would that be like more heart openers, kind of opening up the chest or? Yeah, mood swings, we target a lot of actually the head and mm. the top of the head. Okay. Because it mirrors irritability a lot. Right. And so what that can feel like is just needing a place to express yourself and needing a place to tune into what you need. So those energy centers are kind of on the top of the head, middle of the head, the throat. So we're doing poses that may put pressure, a little bit of pressure on the top of the head, mm -hmm. pressure on the forehead, again, tucking the chin to the chest, and then kind of doing the opposite, opening up the throat. Because for some of us, the mood swings also happen when we aren't able to fully express ourselves throughout the cycle. And we're compressing everything in and we're just saying, it's fine, it's fine, I got it, I'm, I'm good, I can do everything. And then we hit that premenstrual phase. Explosion. Our <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, our hormones decrease, it's putting a lot more stress on our bodies already. We hit this trigger of whatever it is, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden our systems can't take it anymore because we've been holding it in. So when we do poses, kind of working with the expression, the centers of kind of knowing what we're feeling and how we need to express that can help us work on that throughout the entire cycle so that it's not just our you know last days of our cycle that we're like oh my gosh i need to fix this all now right yeah i love that i love how you're painting a picture of like where in the menstrual cycle um you know rest can really help especially like in the luteal phase when we have all the mood swings um and also like for women with pcos or endometriosis um so if anyone you know are interested in more about rest or they want to find you where can they find you yes yeah, so you can find everything on my website it's movecreateradiate.com mm -hmm. on there i have a five-day free course self-paced technically so you could take that in however long you want but it works through the phases of the menstrual cycle mm -hmm. and each has an explanation of the phase and then an embodiment practice so that includes some movement some breath work there's a restorative yoga practice in there so they can work through that together and then i do have some other courses and offerings coming up that they can find on the website if they want to keep working with me awesome sounds great i think i might actually do that five day I mean, the short course thing, because yeah. I do feel like I need some kind of stability and centering right now um, around yeah. my menstrual mm -hmm. cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
And once they have access to that, you can access that forever. Mm -hmm. So with those videos, if you want to go back to them at certain phases of your cycle so that you can yeah. do that during the phase, or if you need a reminder a couple months later, those will be up as a resource for them. Okay, that's cool. Um, I'll get that all in the show notes. Um, thank you for coming on to the podcast. This was really, really important. And I, yeah, I'm definitely like, so happy that you could come on today. Yeah, well, thank you for creating the space to share this wisdom. And thanks for having me on.